Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Tonight, by God's grace, I've been privileged to bring the word of God to you. Amen. And I believe um, we just need to ask the Holy Spirit to hover in this place. Amen. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. We cannot do anything without your presence. We thank you this evening that your presence is everything we desire. Your presence is everything we need for this season of our lives. Your presence is everything that will ever change any situation in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for the great things you are doing in the house of solution. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the signs. Thank you for the wonders. Thank you for the testimonies you are brewing in our midst. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. There is nothing that we can do without you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen and amen. Amen. You're all welcome to church tonight. And I believe your week has been great. And God is doing great and mighty things in your lives. Amen. And tonight, um, by God's grace, I just want us to, to speak about one important person in the life of a believer. I just want us to speak about a relationship that can change your life around. Amen. A relationship that can change you from where you are and make things better in your life. Amen. So tonight, I just want to speak about the Holy Spirit. I just want to speak about the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, welcome in this place. This meeting is all about you. Amen. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I know in the life of a believer, you hear so many stories about, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is he, why is he here, who is God, who is Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, sometimes it can take you all your journey throughout life of, a, of being a believer, not realizing why you have the Holy Spirit with us. There is a purpose God gave us the Holy Spirit, and there is a reason why he came here on earth. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that scripture in Genesis chapter 1, and the earth was without form, and it was void. It was empty. I don't know about your life. Some of your compartments of your life might look empty. So it was in the beginning of the world. The world was without void. It was empty. It was dark. It was miserable. One thing made a change. The spirit of the Lord hovered over that darkness, hovered over that void, hovered over that emptiness, hovered over that void in your heart, hovered over that void in your house, is hovering over every void in your workplace, is going to change situations when you understand who he is. So the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning. When the world was formed, the Holy Spirit was already there. You can see it in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the surfaces of the water. When the Holy Spirit, it means there was power. What, what can move and things begin to change except the Spirit of God? When the Spirit of God is moving in your life, things can change. When the Spirit of God is moving, not still, it was moving. If you received God as, as, as Jesus, as your Lord and Savior in your life, Christ came into your spirit and he came and he made his dwelling in your heart. But he cannot just stay there and just stay. He needs to move for things to change. He needs to hover in your heart 
for things to change. Amen. So we understand the Trinity is made of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So if you want to understand how it looks like, if you look at an egg, when you boil an egg, the hard shell, you have the white of the egg and you have the, the yolk of the egg. But when you look at it, all you see is an egg. You don't see that the, the, the shell is hard. You don't see that the, the, the egg white is white. And you don't see that the yolk is yellow until you break it open. Just like the alabaster box, amen. Until you crack it open, you will never know what is in there. All you will see is an egg. An egg is just there. An egg is just there. But when you were born again, and you said to Jesus, Jesus, I take you as my Lord and Savior. Come live in me. Come work in me. Write my name in your book of life. It was a declaration of your faith. You declared your faith and you believed it in your heart like the book of Romans, you know, says that you hear it and you believe the word with your heart and you make a confession with your mouth. So when you believed, you believed it in your heart. You said, oh, wow, I believe that Jesus is the Savior. He came into your heart and he lived in you. Amen. Amen. So now who is the Holy Spirit? Whatever happened? In the, New, in the Old Testament, God was there. Jesus was there. But mainly what we see is we see Christ. We see God. Most of the time, God said to the Israel, God said, God said, God overshadowed the prophets and they prophesied and everything. And then in the New Testament, we see Jesus Christ. He came into the picture to redeem us, like Pastor was teaching us, to redeem us from the sins of mankind. Amen. To redeem us from the curse of the enemy. And when Jesus came, in the New Testament, we hear about Jesus. And then Jesus came to fulfill his assignment. He went into ministry at a young age and he left. But these three years that Jesus was here, he was here to teach us. He was here to plant a seed in our hearts. Of which we have believed, of which we have received the seed, which is Jesus Christ, in our heart. But then he had to go which was said because there were lots of miracles. There were lots of signs and wonders. The resurrection of the dead. Everything that happened, Jesus did. He performed. He was flowing in the spirit. We know that when he was baptized and he was raised up from the water, the spirit of God said, this is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. Believe in him. And then after that, we believed in him. And he came and made his abode in our hearts. Then, three years later, he has to leave. Why did he have to leave so early? Why did he have to leave so early? When we could just, I mean, the disciples loved the miracles. They didn't want their master to leave them. Because everywhere they were with Jesus, there were signs, there were wonders, there were miracles, there were crowds following them. So you would think that when there's a crowd following you, you know, you are in the right place, you are fine, you are happy. But he came here to fulfill that which was written concerning him and concerning us. Amen. Amen. If you turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 16. Then we'll understand what Jesus was saying that it's really paramount. It's really important that he should leave. John chapter 16, the Bible says, These things I have spoken from verse 1. These things I have spoken to you that you should be made, not made to stumble. Amen. Amen. That you should not what? Be made to stumble. They will try and put you out of synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God service. Sometimes the enemy thinks he's doing God justice by persecuting you. Sometimes the enemy thinks he's doing God a favor by beating you a little bit. But it is not so. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. 
some things he didn't say in the beginning because Jesus was with us. You remember also he said, you know, they asked him, why, you know, do other people fast and your disciples, they don't fast? And he said, why, can they, why should they fast when, when they have the groom with them? A time will come when they will fast. Amen. So verse 5, let's go there because I want to explain the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. In my life, in our life. Amen. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? It's sad for your master to leave you who's doing everything for you. Who's providing bread and fish for you. Who's providing dinner for you. Who's providing fish and chips for you. And now he has to go. Obviously the hand of provision is going. But there is a reason. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, verse 7. It is of your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So for the next phase, we hear in the book of Joel that in the last days, young men will prophesy. Young women will see visions. You know, they will all be led by the spirit of God. So for that season of life to come, Jesus has to go so that the helper will come. Amen. And then when he said that, he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Amen. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the ruler of this world is already judged. So there's a reason why you should receive the Holy Spirit. So you can prove a point that the ruler of this world has been long judged. I remember when pastor saying, you know, we have been, we've had a complete, a full comprehensive insurance against the devil. Therefore, it proves there that the ruler has already been judged. His judgment, we saw it, we heard that he, he made a public show with the devil. Amen. Amen. Verse 12 says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. Amen. Amen. He will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, what he hears, he will speak. Amen. Amen. And he will tell you things to come. So he will tell you about your future. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All these things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. I like that scripture that, you know, pastor has been saying. John 12, 24. Amen. That unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So we, we all here are partakers of this gift. Can you imagine what would have happened if Jesus didn't die? So you have Jesus in you. The Bible says he comes and he lives in me. He makes his abode in me. So do you have Jesus or don't you? All of us here have Jesus. Is it one Jesus or is it many Jesuses? Oh, you're not convinced. Is it one Jesus or many Jesuses? Amen. Amen. Be convicted. It's one Jesus in all of us. Is he the same Jesus I have like the one you have? The things he does through me, can he do it through you? Is it the Jesus who healed me that can heal you? Is he the same provider who provided for me that can provide for you? Is he the same healer that heals that can heal you? He's the same Jesus. 
unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces managed grain. How many believers are in the world? Is it thousands, is it hundreds or millions? It's millions. Do they have Jesus in them? Everyone has Jesus in them. But if Jesus didn't die, there will be no million Christians, no billion Christians. The reason he died is that the Holy Spirit will come and make his abode in you and me. The Holy Spirit is not scary. The Holy Spirit is the gentlest person you'll ever see. Is the one relationship you need to work at with all that is within you. This relationship is better than a husband and a wife relationship. If you have this relationship and you have a marriage problem, do you think you'll survive? If you have this relationship and you are confused, do you think you will survive? If you have this relationship and you are sick, do you think you can stay strong? Amen. Amen. He is with you all the time. He never leaves your presence unless you don't want him. The only reason for us believers is we've compartmentalized our lives. We have made compartments of our lives. You say, Holy Spirit, touch my finances, but don't touch my marriage. Touch my children, but don't touch my anger issues. Touch my life, but don't come near my home. You can have everything, you cannot have my money. You can have everything. Please don't ask me for my money, Holy Spirit. I won't give it to you. We cannot have the fullness of the spirit if we allow him. It's like open your house and say, you are not allowed in my bedroom. You are not allowed in the lounge. You can only go to the bathroom and kitchen and go out. That's exactly the same thing we are doing with the Holy Spirit. We are praying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Plus, you know, don't, don't solve my marriage. I don't want it fixed. Holy Spirit, come into my life. I love you, Holy Spirit. But please, don't go there. Don't touch that area. Don't ask me to forgive that brother or sister. I will worship you with all my heart, but please don't ask that one. Don't ask me to forgive them. Don't ask me to go back and apologize. No, no, no. Don't ask me to do that. It's just too much of an ask. I will lift my hands. I will come. I will kneel before you. I will do, just don't ask me to solve any problems that I have. Holy Spirit, I worship you, but I won't pay my bills. I will just, I will just, you know, serve you, but I won't, I won't go there. I won't touch it. That's the part of my life that you shouldn't even go there. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. He will teach us all things. Do you need some things? Do you need to know some things about your life? I don't know about you, but every day I want to know what he has for me. The Holy Spirit is so wise, he will show you direction like he did with pastor when he went to America. He did not know the direction. This is how close he is. Yesterday, we were in a car with my daughter and, you know, I was just trying to explain the Holy Spirit and she asked me, oh, she saw a billboard. Oh, mommy, you said uh, Sister Margaret lives in Seven Oaks. And I said, oh, yes, she lives in Seven Oaks. Hardly a minute I said that she called. And I said, you see, this is how the Holy Spirit works. This is exactly, I was trying to explain it to her, but I didn't have, you know, this is how exactly the Holy Spirit, you can be thinking about something and he knows why you are thinking about something because the Bible says he searches all our minds. The thing that you are hiding from him, he knows it. Stop hiding it from him. The thing that you are hiding in your house, he knows about it. The bleating sheep, is it the bleating <laughs> The bleating goats. He knows about them all. You can lock it in that cupboard. Lock it in this one. He, he sees you as you put the key. He's just laughing. He says, what are you trying to do? Why are you hiding it? He knows every corner, every nook of your life. 
He knows when you are pretending as husband and wives. He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. There is nothing hidden before him. I might as well establish a relationship with this person who will never gossip about me, who will never tell of me, who will never expose me, who will never tell about me anything I've done badly, who will never go to my past and take it and bring it, who will never accuse me, who will never judge me, who, will, who accept me just as I am. How about that relationship with that person? Who will never judge you? You come to him, you are crying, oh God, I've had a terrible day. You know? And he says, don't worry. Peace, be still. I've got it covered. I've got it covered. Be still and know that I am God. I will take care of you. I will take you through the fire. When you go through the fire, they will not burn you. When you go through the waters, they will not sweep you away. When you are in the lion's den, they will not eat you away. Come on, you've got me covered. Be still, be peaceful. Rest. Rest. That's, that, this is the kind of relationship he wants to tell you. And then I was still on that story. We were driving. She was going to her gymnastics so just before time. And, said, and she was saying, oh, mommy, at school there's this teacher. It's Mrs. Joseph. So they love, the, teach, the children love because they think Joseph is a male you know, it can't be a surname. And I was trying to explain to her. And I said, you know what? Some surnames, they have different, they have names that looks like names. So it's fine to have a surname that looks like a name. And I was trying to think, what name can I say? This was just yesterday. And I said, mm, something like maybe Max Christian or something Christian. Christian sounds like it could be a name or it can be a religion. But then, it, you know, you can have a surname that is Christian. Guess what? As we drive into K2, we see a big van. It's written, I can't remember the first name, but the surname was Christian. And I said, you see? Exactly. You know, the Holy Spirit teaches us. You know, you can take him from the smallest things, believe him for the small things, ask for understanding for the smallest things in your life, and he will guide you. He will show you the way. Just ask. The Bible says ask. He who doesn't have wisdom, let him freely ask. He gives liberally without finding fault. He will not say, oh my God, I've told you this yesterday. What's wrong with you? If you ask him, if you ask a human being, they can say that. But the Holy Spirit is so nice. is so gentle. He will guide you. He will teach you until you are teachable. Amen. So what are the benefits of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer? So if you have a pen, you can pen these down. This is just a few that is going through. And I believe the Holy Spirit in your life of a believer is so crucial. One of the things that the, the, the Holy Spirit will do, he will vitalize your mortal body. Many Christians are sick, but they don't realize that the Holy Spirit is there. Romans chapter number 8 and verse 11. Romans... 8 and 11. If you are sick in your body, the Holy Spirit has come in your life. He will bring healing. He will bring everything you need. Amen. Verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. The spirit is there to give life. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So here, the spirit of him who raised God, who raised Jesus from the dead, is in you. Is in you. Is confirmed. When you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, he came and he made his abode in you. He's in you. When you are sick, you remind him. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Therefore, he can what? Vitalize my mortal bodies. He can give life to your mortal bodies. If there's any area of your life that is sick and dying, or the doctors have confessed a negative report, you stand on that scripture. The spirit of God is in me. I can never be sick. We hear pastor all over, all time and time again. He say, I can never be sick. But the assurance comes from knowing what Christ has done for us. Amen. The spirit of him who dwells in you. Amen. 
The other thing, the, the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, he seals the believer. He seals you. It's like a cling wrap. You know when you wrap your food around your bowl and you seal that bowl, seal it, seal it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. Let's quickly go. There's lots of scriptures, but we have to learn about the Holy Spirit tonight. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 1 from verse 13 to 14. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. If you are sealed, can anything penetrate your life? No, you are sealed. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. After you heard the word of truth, did you give your life to Christ after you heard the word of truth? Yes. The gospel of your salvation in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed. It's like when you are sealed, you are engaged. It's like, you know, when somebody promises you something, he puts a ring on that finger. And you are sealed. It means when somebody promises you, no one can promise you anything again. You can never have two engagements going on at the same time. Unless you are interesting. You can never wear an engagement ring on your left and wear it on your right and say, this one promised me, this one promised me. A normal human being has one engagement ring. Amen. So when that engagement ring is there for everyone to see, if you see my engagement ring, do you think I'm taken or not? If you see, yes, off the market. I love that. I'm off the market. Is, is Jesus Christ the bride of Christ or not? Are we the bride of Christ or not? The Bible tells us we are the bride of Christ. So when he sealed us, he put his ring on us. So when the groom comes for the bride, it's only those who are wearing rings will wave their hands and say, you sealed me, remember? You sealed me, you sealed me, you sealed me, remember? I am sealed for eternity. I am promised, you know, a good life in heaven. The only ones who will show their hands are those with the ring. The, answer, the question now is, do you have the ring or you don't? Why is everyone doubting? Do you have the ring or you don't? We, we all, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have a ring. And that ring is the promise that when he returns to get his bride, to take his bride back to heaven, you are going with him. You are going with him because you have the ring on your finger. So you are sealed with a promise. Never despise that seal. If the enemy is putting doubts in your mind that you are not worth it, you are a sinner, you keep falling, you are not worth it, you are not working at it, you are not doing this, just say, you know what? I've got a ring on my finger. I am sealed. I am sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The next thing the Holy Spirit does for us... What did I say? He vitalizes your mortal bodies. He seals the believer. And he guides the believer. Does anybody need guidance? He guides the believer. Amen. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. He's going to guide you into all truths. He guides us in everything. In everything. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sometimes God is leading us, but we are leading ourselves. That is the problem why the conflict comes. It's like the tom-tom is telling you, go straight and you think, oh no, it, I think there's a bit of traffic there. So I'm just going to divert. And when you divert, wow, you've come to a cul-de-sac. He leads us gentle. 
He won't force himself on us. He leads us gentle. How do you know he's leading you? There's that still small voice. When you are faced with a decision that tells you, do the right thing. Don't answer your husband. Don't say a word. Don't buy that. Because tomorrow is on sale. You buy it and you think, oh, this looks beautiful. You buy it, the next day you return, it's half price. He's the same one you'll see somebody who needs help and say, help this person. And your heart will be like, oh no, somebody else will come and help them. The Holy Spirit gently nudges us. I'll tell you a story that happened this week that shook my heart. I was, I was trembling. I, was, I, I didn't know what to do. One of our patients came in. You know, it was snowing the last few weeks. They didn't have anything on. They only had a, a dressing gown. Bottom, trousers, walking on foot. They walk from foot from another part of Crawley, probably 30 minutes into where I work. They came, sat down at the entrance. Their feet was bleeding. They had walked so much that, you know, the feet started cracking and bleeding. So they came and told me, this is your patient, come and help them. And they said, we can't let them in because of the state that they are in. So I said, okay, I'll come to the entrance. I'll have a look what's going on. I, had, I go in and I had a look. And I thought, oh my God, my heart just, just sank. I thought, how? He, he looked like he hadn't had a bath in five days. He was just a right mess. And they were saying, oh, no, 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 move him out of the store because, you know, there's people walking up and down. I said, no, just put him in the corner there. And then after a while, I went, did a few phone calls for somebody to attend to them. And they said, he needs to wait. They said, oh, no, 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 he needs to come. Because when people come in and they see him like this, it was freezing cold outside. They let him go while I went to get something in the office. And then I came back and I said, where is this person? They said, oh, he's gone to the bus stop. So I looked through the security cameras and I saw this person. When I saw him, my heart was like, this is not right. This is not right. What if this person is Jesus? I said to the security, go and call him. I said, go and call him. If he goes in the bus looking like this, what are the children going to say? It's early morning, people are going to school. What are the children going to say him looking like that? Bring him back. The security guy went, brought him back. He sat him down. I went to the store manager and said, you need to get him clothes, get him shoes, get him socks. Let him be warm. Do you see how cold it is outside? You've let him go outside looking like that. Let's just do something that is human at least. And we can sort everything else afterwards. I went with him. I was dragging him in the shop. Let's get a jumper. Let's get a fleece. Let's get a trouser. Don't worry about paying it. If I need to pay it, I'll pay it. Just get it. Get him dressed. Let him change. He got the stuff. He charged it to charity. Took the guy into the room and said, go into the bathroom, change. I said, do you need coffee? He said, yes. To cut the long story short, the person is fine, sound now. He had a moment, but every single day of our lives as believers, we will face a situation where the Holy Spirit will nudge you. I went to inside after that, and my colleagues were like, what's wrong? Why are you so upset? Tears were just streaming. I said, what if that guy was Jesus? He will not come dressed in a golden robe. He will not come dressed in, in, in diamonds and pearls and, and, and everything in heaven, entourage. He said, the Bible says, you have entertained angels unaware. Every single day we have an opportunity to entertain angels unaware. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he speaks into our conscience. We can decide or not decide to do anything about it. I'm not saying that to glorify myself, but I'm just trying 
to put you in the picture of how everyday life. You would think the Holy Spirit will speak to you when you are in church only. No. You are walking down the streets, he will prompt something in your heart. Sometimes we ignore that voice and say, oh, something. And then when somebody does something, you say, oh, something told me to do this, but I didn't do it. That's the Holy Spirit. If you've had, ne- ever had that moment where you say, you know what, something told me not to use this route and I used it. Something told me to move my money and now the bank is shut. It's too late. When he speaks, let's act. When he speaks, it, it doesn't matter the situation, what somebody, if you are obeying him, it's fine. If he tells you to be a blessing to somebody, do it. He has a reason for asking you. Otherwise, he will go and ask somebody else. He will go and ask somebody else and the blessings will go to that person. So when he speaks and it's something that is biblical, let's do it. Without haste, without delay. He said he will guide us. He will guide the believer. Amen. Romans, same Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So you belong to a family. You belong to a family. You did not receive a spirit that will just dump you, says, be born again, now you're on your own. But we can cry and say, Abba, Father, Father, I have a father in heaven who looks after me. I have a father who is wealthy. I have a father who looks after me. I have a father who makes a way where there seems to be no way for me. Amen. Praise God. And another thing he does, he anoints the believer. You are anointed already. Never doubt that you are anointed. Don't look at your present situations, your failures, your, 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 your mistakes and put yourself down and say, I am not anointed. You are anointed. You are anointed. First John 2, 27, he tells us that you are anointed. He has already anointed you. Never doubt your salvation. Especially when the enemy attacks like a flood, never doubt your salvation. Amen. Never, never, ever doubt it. Amen. First John 2, 27. Amen. Praise God. So you are anointed. We have received the anointing. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. It's not going to leave. It abides in you. It abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So it's a mutual thing. He abides in you, but you have to do your part. You also have to do your part. Present yourself before him. Come before him. Make time for him. Just like any relationship where you don't make time for each other, it starts drifting apart. Any friendship, you don't make time for each other, you start moving that way, they start moving that way. Before you know it, there is a gap in between. So mind the gap, amen. You have to mind the gap, amen. Just like the London Underground says, mind the gap, mind the gap. The bigger it is, the more dangerous it is. So if you see the gap, mind it. The Holy Spirit wants to be intimate with us. Amen. He wants to be intimate with us. He needs to know our pitfalls. He needs to know our failures. He needs to know our, our, our discouragements. Anything that you want to talk to him about. He, he's already anointed you. Amen. Just like, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is very diverse. In such that as long, if you associate it with electricity, like we always use that examples of electricity, He gives us spiritual gifts. So it comes from one source, but it's going into various people. So if the electricity is coming from me, going to you in your house, you can use it as a hairdryer. In your house, you can use it as a refrigerator. In your house, you can use it as a telly. In your house, as a computer, washing machine. 
Are we all using electricity? Yes. So he gives us spiritual gifts that are different. That do various things. Amen. Let's see that what, when he tells us that's another thing he does for the believer. He gives us spiritual gifts. First Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse 1. Amen. Are you getting something about the Holy Spirit today? Amen. May he do signs and wonders in your life. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Amen. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a cast, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Amen. No one can say Jesus is my Lord except they are very converted. Very converted. They are believers. They believe in Jesus. This is why you cannot drag your friends to church and expect that today is the day you give your life to Christ by force, by fire. If they haven't, if they haven't believed, they will sit there on the chair until you can drag them to the altar. They will not move. They have to believe it in their heart that Jesus is the Lord of their life. And when true conversion happens, you can see it in somebody's life. You can see it in their demeanor. They change. They become transformed. They have joy. They know that Christ has come into their lives. Amen. There are diversities of gifts, but by the same spirit. Amen. That's verse number four. So there are diversities of, of, of gifts, but the same spirit. There are difference of, minist of ministries, but the same Lord. Amen. So everyone has a different ministry. Everyone, you might have the same ministry. It might not be exactly the same as your neighbors. So it's important for us to flow with the Holy Spirit. When you are leading praise and worship, don't lead and imitate another person. Don't lead and imitate another person. Say, oh, this sister raises their left hands when they lead praise and worship. So when, when, I, when, I, when I lead praise and worship, I'll be doing this with my left hand. You don't know whether that person is a left-handed person or a right-handed person. People do things for different reasons. When they lead, they tap their feet. So every time I lead, I'll be tapping my feet because this sister leads in this way. You are different. Just flow with what God has given you. And when you flow with what God has given you, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. If God has given you that gift, flow in it. Don't compete against another's gift. God has given us all several abilities. Some pastors, some apostles, some prophets. One day God will give you a prophecy and then you think, now that I've given a prophecy and it has come to pass, I'm going to open a prophetic church international. And then you want to start making prophecies for people. You've opened your own church. You say, I prophesied twice. It came to pass. Second time, God must be telling me something. I'm going to open my own prophetic international church. You, you pray for somebody, they heal. Do you think you go and open a healing ministry? You'll be dragging people off the wheelchair, trying to make them to be healed. Just flow in your gift. You'll be resurrecting the dead. You'll be going there and taking dead people out of where they are. Let's just flow in what God has given us. Just flow and be happy. When the Holy Spirit ministers through you, you know you are peaceful. Do you know that the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were sealed. How do you grieve him? When you do the things he hasn't asked you to do. When you behave in a way he hasn't asked you to behave. When you've said something he hasn't asked you to say. When you've said a word that you regret, you wish you can pull it back, but you can't. Because it's already out. Do you know how you feel when you've said something like that? Your heart just sinks. 
That's the Holy Spirit being grieved. When you've said something on the phone you shouldn't have said, and you put that phone down, oh, you think, oh God, what have I done? I've said something I shouldn't have said. And the Holy Spirit convicts you that whole afternoon and you feel bad, you feel bad. You just want to go and lie down because you feel so bad. And you think by lying down you'll feel better. Confess it and get over with it. Just Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry. I said something I shouldn't have said. I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm still learning. I'm still on my journey. And when you say that to him, he will embrace you one more time. Open his loving arms again. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't accuse us. Amen. He doesn't judge us. So why are we not walking in this power of the Holy Spirit? Because we received him and contained him. Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'm not saying about just physical baptism where you come and immerse. This kind of baptism I'm talking about is are you immersed in him? If I drink this glass of water, put water in here and drink it. Who has the water? The water is, sometimes you can feel the water in your tummy after you've drunk too much of it. You can feel the water is in your tummy, isn't it? But when you go into the pool and swim, who has the water? The pool has you now. You are swimming in the water. You are swimming in the water. This is where we need to get when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Don't just carry him along as if it's a, what's those animals in, in, in Australia? A kangaroo in a pouch. Let's not carry the Holy Spirit and say, the Holy Spirit is in me, the Holy Spirit is in me, the Holy Spirit is in me. There is no fruit, nothing is showing, nothing is showing. You talk anyhow, you say anything, you say it anyhow to who you want to because that's the way you are. No fruits of the Holy Spirit, but you are, the Holy Spirit is, is in your pouch. You're like, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I can do anything I want. The Holy Spirit is in me. I was sealed with, yes, the Holy Spirit is in you. Does he have a voice in your life? Does he have a place in your house? Just in your life as a believer, does he have a place? Or have you given priority to other things? What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning after you've opened your eyes? <laughs> of course, you have to open your eyes. <laughs> what is the first thing we do? Open your eyes. And then, jump out of bed like I did the other day when my alarm didn't go off. You thank God. Amen. We have 24 hours in a day. We can start small. The first hour of your waking up, even if, I'm not saying go and don't kneel down for an hour. Wake up and acknowledge him. Wake up and acknowledge him that he's guiding your day. I'm not a morning person, but I can sleep at 2 a.m. But just don't wake me up in the morning. I need to wake up at my own pace. My husband always laughs at me when my alarm goes off. Because when it goes off, I think it's been going off for days. So I jump out of bed and, and, and run. But I can, I work so well in the midnight of the hours. Till 3 a.m. I am fresh as anything. And once I've slept at 3 in the morning, I can sleep for two hours and wake up. But if I've slept for eight hours in the morning, it's, it's, it takes a long time. But work with what works with you. I used to be so condemned when I, I was a, a young believer, I would see... My friend's waking up in the morning. And I said, I can't do this. I can't wake up that morning and start talking. I can't. It's just too much for me to wake up and start talking, talking, talking. And you know when you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray. I can't do that. I have to be gentle with God in the morning. Thank you, Lord, you woke me up this morning. I'm so grateful. Even whisper if I have to. 
But in my heart, that's what I can do. And then I pace myself. I can pray all day as I go about my own things, doing my own things. No one sees that I'm praying. Today I was preparing. I was at work. I was busy with my work, but I was meditating on the word, trying to... The Holy Spirit speak to me. I'm going around doing my own things the whole day. What is it that works for you? Don't be confined to the logistics, the sad things of men. Wake up, pray for one hour, for ten hours, do this, do this, because some, some of those things, they don't work. God tried it in the Old Testament and said, Moses, here are my ten rules. Obey. Just ten. Just ten. Just ten of them. I would love to see one person who kept all ten of them. But we have the grace from the Holy Spirit. The most important thing is we make heaven by making time. If your time for you is lunchtime, you have an hour lunch at work, you can listen to the podcast. You can read your word on your phones now. You don't have to carry a big Bible and everyone is asking, what are you doing? Carry an encyclopedia and reference the scriptures. And they said, yeah, she goes. She's going to land. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You have your phone. You can listen to audio tapes now. The solution word is on. By God's grace, God has made a, an avenue for us. Tuesday and Wednesday, the solution word is in the afternoon at 2.30. By grace, listen to it, watch it, do anything Connect with it. Don't let the day pass you by without a scripture from God. I'm not even saying the whole book, a scripture from God. Even if it takes you one scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm going about the day, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every time you remind yourself, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you know you've meditated on one scripture the whole day? We complicate Christianity and it's driving some people to the roof. Some people can't cope with the pressure in church. Some people can't cope with the pressure in church. They say, I'm expected to do much. I'm supposed to, to fast and pray. Fasting doesn't do anything to God. It doesn't move God. It changes things in us. So don't do it by force. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you pray, pray with a clean heart. Just say, God, today at work, I've got a dinner planned. I've got lunch planned. I cannot fast. But I will meditate on the scripture. I'm going to fast on this day. I'm going to seek you. And when you seek him with all your heart, this is what is important. And the Holy Spirit knows when you are pretending to be fasting <laughs> when you are pretending to be fasting with the whole church the Holy Spirit knows so it's better you fast and do it properly your own way when the Holy Spirit leads you when the church fasts try if you can't do the whole day do something if the church says 6 to 6 and you can do 6 till midday why not if you're doing the six to midday with all your heart, why not? Instead of doing it and think, oh my God, pastor wants us to fast again. He told us last week to fast. This week we are fasting again. Oh no. My tummy is rumbling. My this, my that. You know, so the Holy Spirit will convict us. You don't have to do it. If you're not doing it with all your heart, just, just leave it. It's better you leave it if you're not going to do it with all your heart. Let's live a Christian life that is of integrity. And our integrity, number one, comes from having a truthful relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is a life of integrity. That is a life of integrity. If you are a wife and you said, oh, my husband, I'm going to be in Tesco and then you go around and do your own things that are not supposed to be done 
And then you go home and you said, oh, I've just come from Tesco. You've just lied. Safira and Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit. You don't lie to yourself. You don't lie to your husband. You lie to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is with you. He's going with you everywhere. So <laughs> if you said you were here and you were there, the Holy Spirit say, you were not there. I was not there. The Holy Spirit nudges you. We were not there. No, 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 we were not. And this is why you start stammering. Uh, we were not there. Because uh. he says, you were there. No, no, we were not there. So the Holy Spirit is nudging you on the inside. That's why there's a bit of stammering. Amen. The Holy Spirit is real. He lives in us. He's a human being. He is our helper. He is our advocate, the Bible tells us. So if you have anything, you want the Holy Spirit to fight you on, to fight for you. He is your advocate. He is your helper. He is your guide. He has sealed you. He is your friend. He wants to be closer to you than any brother. He is your friend. He goes with you everywhere. If we just became truthful to the Holy Spirit regarding what we are going through, the challenges we are facing, come before him, Holy Spirit, help me here. I have a problem. I can't even tell my wife. I can't even tell my husband. But I'm going through this. Help me. You are honest with him. You are being real with him. He will never do anything negative against you. Praise God. He is here to guide us in our way. To make sure we make it to heaven. Do you know a little lie there and there builds up. It becomes many lies. And you have to create a lie to counteract the other lie. And if we are lying to ourselves, it's like you are chasing your own tail. Let's be open to God because God wants to do so much for us. He wants to do miracles in our midst. It starts from ignoring Holy Spirit, I'm weak in this area, help me. There is nothing he cannot sort out. Nothing at all he cannot sort out if we bring it before him. If at school you can't function, Holy Spirit, help me to concentrate. At work you are struggling, Holy Spirit, help me, my business is going a bit everywhere. Help me. Show me a way out. Show me the way that I should go. The Bible says you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way that you should go. Go in it. He will help you maneuver the corners of life because life is not just a straight path. If it was, we knew that from here to there we are going to heaven, it should be easy. But then sometimes it's a winding road. You don't know what's lying around in the other corner. So the Holy Spirit is there in you. In you, he has sealed you. The thing is, the good thing is, the Bible says, his plans concerning us are of good and not of evil. What a good friend to have. You know when he guides you, he will not guide, guide you to a ditch. He will guide you to the right path. Where you'll end, it will be glorious. Where you land, it will be a green pastures. Where you land, it will be a land filled with milk and honey. Sometimes we are a bit shaky, not believing that he's leading us the right way. So we hesitate. We hesitate. But the Holy Spirit tonight is asking you to say, just let go of your hand. Let me lead you. He's asking you to let go. Don't, don't hold your life. Let me hold your life. Submerge yourself in me. Submerge yourself in the presence of God. Play worship music. Submerge yourself in the spirit of God. When you are weak, pray. Don't judge yourself by the standards of the world. The word is already judging people a lot. So in church, God has given us a spirit of grace. When you fall, pick yourself up. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times, yet he rises up again. He keeps rising up again. When you fall, keep rising up again. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No one is condemned. We can begin again. Amen. 
We can start all over again. We can start all over again. It begins in our heart. Do you want to start? Do you want things sorted or not? Sometimes we have to be truthful to that extent. Ask yourself alone, do, do I want the situation to resolve or I don't? Do I want things to work out or I don't? Amen. He is the spirit that gives life. He is the spirit that gives freedom. He is the spirit that gives peace that surpasses all understanding. That will guard our hearts and our mind. All he's asking is that open your heart to his leading. If you've never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, just one day, just ask him, Holy Spirit, help me. I, I want to recognize your voice from the rest of the voice I keep hearing. Because your friends can be the voice of the other. And yet your friends can be a friend of the, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Differentiate, can you differentiate friends who are for you and against you? Amen. He speaks gentle. He speaks based on the word of God. He never gives up on us. He loves us so much he will never give up on us until we fulfill God's purpose for our life. If we have failed, pick yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, help me today. It's another day. His, his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Ask for fresh mercies every morning. Holy Spirit, today help me. At work, this is the situation. Help me. Decisions I have to make, help me. He will lead us and guide us in all ways. Amen. If you have received them, the Bible says in the book of Acts, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait until you are endowed with power. Wait until you are endowed with power from on high. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You are Christ's witness. He had to die so the Holy Spirit can come and dwell in us. So that we will receive power and become witnesses. Unless the, the grain of, falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. He had to sacrifice and die on the cross so that we will receive this power and become witnesses. So he's sending us as witnesses. Amen. Is your life a witness to somebody? Can they truly say, since you've been in church, your life has changed? Since you've been a believer, your life has changed. Can they say that about us? When they see us on the street, can they really say, this is truly a woman of God? This is truly a believer to start with. Hallelujah. He wants our hearts this evening. He is the most important person you'll ever know. Don't look out for external relationships to fulfill you. If you have a relationship with this person, the Holy Spirit, he will give you so much wisdom. He will guide you. Amen. He will guide you. He's the one who knows all the books in the world. He has all wisdom in the world. If it's wisdom you need, he will give you. If it's understanding you need, he will give you. He has gone to every library in the world. He knows everything in every book and beyond. And the ones they haven't captured in the books, he knows it. He has an answer to every problem. He has an answer to every situation. He holds the keys to the kingdom. And those keys that he held, he took away. He gave them to you. He says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind here on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you release here on earth is released in heaven. So whatever you release, you bind. He works through the word of God. That is why it's important. Fellowship with him. When you keep still, you can hear that voice to say, do this, do that. Obey him a little. And before you know it, you, his voice will become louder and louder. Louder and louder and louder in your life. Amen.
and he wants to be glorified in your life. Amen. When you succeed, he succeeds. When you succeed, he succeeds. When you are victorious, he's victorious. Because you are walking with him. Do you think he looks at you and says, when you, when you are defeated by life, oh, no, 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 it's you, it's not me, it's you. When he's defeated, he is defeated as well. But when you are victorious, he is victorious. He says, so that the Father will be glorified. Whatever you ask in prayer, so that the Father will be glorified. That's the whole purpose of him coming here on earth. I haven't even exhausted most of it. But I believe that today you've learned something about the Holy Spirit. That you can put in your life a conversation with him. You are driving in your car. Speak to him. This is why you'll be listening to worship music. Tears begin to stream down. When you are connecting with him, you don't want any disturbance. Tears are streaming down and people don't understand. Why is she crying? Because you are connecting with the Holy Spirit. So just let yourself lose. Don't be serious. Relax around him. Just say, Holy Spirit, move in my life. I want to see more of you. More of you. If, if it's more of him and less of you, trust me, you'll do great and mighty things. Because he's on the inside of you. If you lay the hands on the sick, he's also laying the hands on the sick. If you speak a word of, of, of encouragement to somebody, he might be speaking through you. So just let go. If you feel encouraged, you know, anything to say something good to somebody, say it because he is speaking through you. He is speaking through you. If you, are, if you feel you want to send a text to somebody to encourage somebody, do it because he is prompting you to do it. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbaji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.